Hello, hello. Welcome to I Lead the Way, a podcast where ordinary people look at extraordinary things to help them become better in life skill development and leadership development in all that they do. My name is KD Wilson. I'm your host with the most. And today, man, we're going to be talking about something that I believe is very relevant, not only to myself, but everybody for that matter. That thing is simply this, you all. It's ownership. And here's where this particular episode came from. I was running some errands and I was out trying to donate some clothes and some different objects and things to local Goodwill. And when I got to the store, I realized their donation center was closed. As a matter of fact, I went to two different stores and both of them were closed within a close proximity. So I figured, well, if this one's closed, this one won't be. And I got there and realized that they don't open up until 10 a.m. It was like 9.30. I was already out doing my runs. I had my day, my schedule already planned out. And I got irritated. And I said to myself, okay, what are you irritated about? I said, you know, if people need donations, if you're the one needing something and I'm the one bringing something, why don't you open up earlier? Then I thought on it for a minute. That's entitlement. It's arrogance. It's assumption, and it's my fault. It's not my fault they opened up later. It's my fault for not calling ahead to make sure they were open so I didn't waste gas nor time, and thereby waste unnecessary thoughts, mental space, and emotion. And then I, I, I took that and kind of went down the rabbit hole, if you will, because I can think of multiple opportunities that I have had personally where something has bothered me and I could have done something about it in advance. So then I find myself getting irritated, frustrated, bothered, and so on with something that I actually could have either A, plan better, B, lowered my expectations, or C, all the above. Because when you set your expectations and those expectations aren't met, it now leads to disappointment or another emotion that you choose to assign to that situation or incident. So I was bothered. I was irritated. I was annoyed that the donation centers weren't open. The store was open to buy, but there was nobody there to take what I was willing to give. When I simply could have done what, you all? I could have called ahead, man. Now, please don't get it, you know, twisted. I wasn't sitting there stewing, banging my hand on the steering wheel, talking, rah, 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 like acting crazy. It just internally, I was like, man, I drove all the way over here and y'all aren't even open to take donations. That's, that's silly. No, KD, you drove all the way over here and got irritated because their store and donation hours were clearly posted both on the actual building and online, which I had access to. And now I'm annoyed by something because I didn't plan or act in advance. That's my fault. It's totally on me. They're open right now. It's after 10 a.m. So I have a choice. Either I can go ahead and take this stuff back, which I will, or I can wait and make sure that I plan ahead or call ahead or do my due diligence to make sure that what? They're open. So how do you manage that? And this is leadership 101 for sure. 
ownership. How do you manage that in your relationships? How do you manage that on the job? How do you manage that in school? How do you manage that on the field or the court or the course? If you're an athlete, how do you manage that with parenting? How do you manage that with yourself? How often do you find yourself being annoyed, bothered, irritated by something that you're not willing to take credit for on your end that might either completely alleviate the, the, the internal irritation or at least minimize it? How often? How many times? A day. A day. How many times a day? When you walk outside, oh, it's hot. I'm so annoyed. I got on long sleeve shirts. Now I got to go back inside and change clothes because I'm going to be hot at work all day. Did you check the weather the night before on the app or on your cell phone or on the computer or on the weather channel? Well, no. So why are you upset? Because it's hot outside and I've already put on these clothes. And I already planned this out. You planned it out. So don't drag the rest of the world into your negative emotional response because of your failure to what? Plan. Good leaders not only plan ahead and look ahead, but they take credit when they fall behind. They not only look ahead and plan ahead, but they take credit when they fall behind. If my wife was like, hey, Better yet, yesterday, my wife said, hey, please set a timer. I've got clothes in the washing machine. I need you to switch them from the washing machine to the dryer when you're done because our, our laundry room's kind of close to the office. So I said, no problem. I set the timer and it went off and I was still working. And then I remember we had some, some company over. So as soon as I finished my thought, I jetted out of the office and ran downstairs to greet our guests and stuff. And next thing you know, I look up I forgot to put the stuff in the, in the dryer. I can't be annoyed with her if she's annoyed with me when I agreed to do something that she asked me to do. I could have said, uh, you know what? I'm probably going to forget. Maybe set the timer yourself and come on back up and, and do it. Or I'm really tied down with what I'm doing right now. Do you mind just doing it and I'll catch the next one? Or... Since I did forget legitimately and like and innocently, I, I forgot because I went from one thing to the next. That happens, y'all. It's called life. But I don't have a right to be upset with her for being bothered at me when I agreed to something she asked me to do. And then I didn't follow through on my side of it. That's ownership. That's leadership. You know what? I set the timer. I did what you asked me to do there. But man, here, and, and watch, watch what I do here, y'all. Some of y'all is going to save you relationships. My apologies. I didn't follow through and do what you asked me to do. After you take ownership of what happened, then based on how you word it and based on what you're trying to get from it, you can help her understand why. That does make a difference. Why? Because if you did it because you're being a jerk, that's one thing. You're like, yo, I ain't doing that. 
that ain't my job or whatever, then yeah, you have a whole different situation to deal with. But if you're like, man, I, my apologies, you asked me to do it. I set the timer and I didn't, I apologize. As a matter of fact, while I'm thinking about it, the reason that I forgot or the reason I didn't get it done was because I was working. I heard the guests downstairs and I remember running straight from the office, straight downstairs to be with everybody. That, that's not justification. It's a simple explanation. So she understands you're not negating what she asked you to do. You're taking ownership, but it's also a legitimate thing that could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. Hey, honey, on the way back from the grocery store, do you mind putting gas in the car, please? Sure, I'll do it. You get in the car the next morning, there's no gas in there. Rah, 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 rah. You're angry. What she would have to say is, man, I apologize. You did ask me to put gas in the car after the grocery store. And while I'm considering it, while I'm thinking about it, you know what happened? My mom called. I had to run straight to her house to help her with something. And by then it was already time to pick up the kids and it slipped my mind. That's understandable. Rather than her saying, look, first of all, you put gas in the car yourself. Or, yeah, I forgot, so no big deal. You deal with it. No, no, no. Because now you're dismissing an agreement. And it's those small things, you all, that get us in trouble. At work, in school, relationships, business, it's those small things. To dismiss an agreement means that I can't trust you. And if I can't trust you, I don't want to work with you or more. And if I don't want to work with you or more, I don't really want to be around you. And if we can't be around each other, then how's this thing going to work? Please understand that is not relationship specific in a romantic arena. I'm saying that could be in business. Hey, so-and-so. Uh, please make sure you clock out on time because we're trying to make sure that our books and stuff are in order. Cool. That person clocks out 10 or 15 minutes late because they're doing X, Y, and Z and never told the boss. And the boss is like, hey, remember, I, I thought I asked you, did something happen with the machine? I, I asked you to clock out on time. Oh, man, yeah, I, I got tied up and I did this. I did that. Uh, no apology. No, no. You know what? I got tied up. Man, that's on me. I apologize. Is there a way for me to fix it? If not, um, listen, I will do my best to make sure I do exactly that because I value, I value our relationship enough to keep my side of the agreement. And this is still ownership. But when you dismiss somebody, when you've agreed to do something, or check this out, maybe you didn't agree to do it verbally in the sense of, a, a request and an answer, but by taking on, by saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to another, or by saying no to another, you're saying yes to another. Point in case, when you get your driver's license, most people, because I was a police officer for eight years, and most people are like, yo, I didn't agree to that. When you get your driver's license and you sign your name, the signature on the bottom of your license that's also a contract that you are saying to the state that you reside in or wherever your license is being issued, that you will abide by the rules 
that you will drive in a safe and orderly manner, that you will be an offensive and defensive driver at all times. And here's one of the ones to get people in the pickle, that if for whatever reason you are being suspected of drunk driving or doing something that is illegal, your license can be revoked. Not just can, they will. In certain instances, DUI, DWI being one of them, if you are being charged with those crimes or that offense, if that makes you feel better, your license will be revoked or suspended, one of the two. You signed your name. You agreed. Well, Katie, nobody told me that. You didn't read the fine print. I'm not doing this breathalyzer test. Okay. In doing so, you understand that your license will be suspended or taken from up to, for up to 18 days minimum. Well, that's not going to happen. That can't happen to me. It just did. Why? Because you agreed. It's ownership. I didn't know what the speed limit was, so slow down. If there's nobody around you, guess what? You're still accountable for the speed limit on the road, even if the sign is not there. Katie, that's some BS, man. That, that, that's not fair. I didn't say it was fair. I said it's ownership. So if a state trooper pulls you over and you haven't seen a speed limit sign in the last, I don't know, five miles, is there a way for you to safely find out what it is? If you have a passenger in your car and you have the Google map, then while you're in GPS mode, it'll typically tell you what the speed limit is. If not, drive at a safe speed. Assume the speed limit's probably like 60 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. Don't drive 20 on the highway, you're gonna get run over. But you get my point. My point is when the state trooper pulls up and says, hey, sir, ma'am, do you know why I pulled you over? I have absolutely no idea. You might be telling the honest truth. And when he says the speed limit's actually 50 miles per hour and you're doing 70, officer, I apologize. I didn't realize that I was breaking the law because I wasn't aware of what the speed limit was. For the last three or four miles, I haven't seen a sign. I have been looking and paying attention. Now, whether or not you get out of it, I don't know. But my point is, that's better than you saying, the heck you stopping me for, man? Well, you were speeding. Well, how am I supposed to know what the speed limit is and there ain't been no speed line? There ain't, ain't, no, ain't no speed limit sign out here. That's your fault, not my fault. Eee, you're licensed to revoke and you might end up going to jail. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Ownership, you all, in the small things, they create bigger, bigger avenues of opportunity, progress, and success in life, right? So before you go chomping at the bit to run somebody down the road or, or to say something crazy to someone or to, to try to justify why you did this or that or why you're ticked off at the world because they did uh, that thing or this thing, take a second and ask yourself, do I play a part in this? Is there something else that I could have done differently or ahead of time that would have possibly decreased the tension that I'm experiencing right now. I got so much work to do and, and Katie and they're just, they're overwhelming me. Okay, cool. Have you asked for help? 
have you had a sit down with your administrator or with your boss or with your director and explain to them that you're trying to do the best you can. You're, you feel as if you're being spread thin. H have you asked, hey, am I able to prioritize certain assignments over another? I know all this needs to get done, but are all these things due immediately or can I devote my time and attention to, to three of them at a time or two of them at a time or one of them at a time so that I'm able to actually accomplish and be the best I can be in this moment? Why am I giving that example? Because there are people that get fired every day for being ticked off about stuff that I think the average person would be, but they never or rarely or poorly communicated what they needed before they found themselves in a bad spot. You have not because you ask not most times. Now, if you go to your director and you tell them, hey, I feel as if I'm being spread thin and I'm doing the best that I can. Are there any suggestions you might have? Is there any kind of resources or tools or support that I can get? He or she might say yes or no. If they say no, they might go back to that contract that you signed when you told them you'd be an employee of that particular company or business and say, hey, remember, we, we told you in the, in the beginning, this is a fast-paced, independently run office. You got to be able to keep up. So you can't complain about something you were already aware of. Or you can, but it's not going to help you. Leaders own it. And most people don't want to own it because of discomfort or fear of how they will be either seen or perceived afterwards. I messed up, but I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to hope it blows over because I don't want to be embarrassed if it doesn't. Newsflash, if it does, now you're going to be questioned as to why you waited so long with something you were already aware of. But Katie, this happened in July. Why are we just finding out about this in September? Well, I mean, uh, now your character's in jeopardy. Now your integrity is being questioned because you knew about something that you didn't want to take ownership of. And now that thing makes you, that's a bad look, y'all. Now you look bad. Yo, well, wait a minute. So you knew about this? Well, I mean, I figured it was so small, man. It wasn't that big of a deal, whatever it might've been. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, professor, man, because that assignment that, you know, I told you I turned in, I thought I did, but I realized it was still on my flash drive. And over the summer, you know, I got busy and, you know, I just, I figured it wasn't that big a deal. So you allowed the professor to assume that they had received an assignment from you that they didn't. So they're wrecking their mind, trying to figure out if they misplaced an assignment that you never even sit in the first place. And you've known about it for five or six months. And now you're bitter and, and, and pissed at them because they're about to fail you in a class because your integrity is shot because of a decision that you made. We have to take those small things into consideration, y'all. I can say it till I'm blue in the face and I'm talking to myself as well. When we take ownership of the small things, it yields big results for the positive and the good, even when it's uncomfortable. And man, it's not, it ain't fun.
It ain't. It ain't fun. I didn't say it isn't. It ain't. It ain't fun. When you feel like, man, they're gonna look, I'm, I'm not going to be seen as the same. Now nobody's going to trust me. Maybe the people that you're working with and maybe the people that you weren't being completely honest with, yeah, there, there's going to be a crack in, in the shield now. And maybe they don't trust you as much as they would have before. But what can be said is that the people that you'll meet in the present and the future, they will be able to start fresh knowing, hey, sounds like you've messed up in the past, but you owned it. I can trust somebody like that. So don't finalize something because it's not working to your favor or benefit at the moment. Make sure you're willing to own whatever it is. And in ownership, you demonstrate leadership. But if you are, are only willing to be open about things and step out into certain spaces of conversation and thought and dialogue, because it benefits you and will make you look good, that's not really what it's about. So before you, as my mom would say, before you part your lips to complain to somebody else about what's not fair and what hasn't been working out for you and how terrible life is, take a look at some of the things that decisions and habits that you have in place right now that can be changed first. If you and I can change our habits, I'm convinced you and I can change our outcomes and our results. And those things, the habit typically takes what, like 20 to 21 days, maybe 25 tops to come into fruition when you've been doing something consistently. I've been getting up earlier. I've been taking cold showers. There's different things that I've been doing, right? I'm building new habits to get different results. I often say, don't change your vision to accommodate your tragedy or chaos. Why? Because when things get tough, people want to throw their vision out the window. That's poor ownership. An owner says, hey, I've still got this vision, but I'm going to shift my strategy. How I did it didn't yield the results I wanted. So let me go back to the drawing table of not my vision, but how I was trying to approach it in the first place. That's still ownership. You're saying what I thought would work didn't work. So I'm not going to sit here and complain about it and be upset and angry. Instead, I'm going to go back to the board. I'm going to leave my vision intact because it's my foundation right next to purpose. And from there, I'm going to re-strategize and put that thing into action and see what I get there. But you and I cannot be and will not be at our best unless we're willing to take the blow. And that comes with complete ownership. See you in the next one.